Yo, I love Peruvian desserts. I was just thinking about that. Of like, course uh, you do. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, like, I grew up with a lot of Peruvian food, and I'm kind of like, I'm not not that I'm sick of it or tired of it. I just know that it's, like, not the most healthiest thing for me. But that dessert, like, I can't. Mm. Have you ever had masa morta? It's, like, purple. It's, like, pudding, but it's, like, purple. Oh, it's like, like purple? I don't want to eat purple stuff. That's not natural. It's so oh, that purple stuff is so good. Like it's basically why like is it purple? Rice pudding, but no rice. So it's kind of like just pudding. I like rice. Uh, basically, pudding. it's it's purple because um in Peru we have corn that is purple, mm. and we make it out of that. It's quite delicious. So probably it's a, not the definitely not the healthiest thing. I'm sorry. So it's a corn based dessert. It's a cor- definitely a corn based dessert. A purple <laughs> corn based dessert. Oh, yes, thank I, you. Know, I know. It's not good for me. I know. Uh, I know. I've traveled I had to away. a little bit, and I do not like desserts around the world. Oh, is that right? Yeah, like in Japan, I hated their desserts. They were they. Like mochi. Oh, it's, I love mochi. I don't know if that's Japanese. I thought that was Korean, but mochi's awesome. There, it's like dusty. I don't. I don't like dusty dessert. Yeah, like the dust is just like powdered sugar, though. It's like Get delicious. It off there. Little Asian powdered sugar. And they're not sweet enough. I did. I did like desserts in France. France desserts were delicious. They were putting chocolate in their breakfast. I was like, yeah, France knows what's up. But Britain. British desserts uh, that I that I can't say on any of this. I can't really knock you because I actually haven't been to any of those countries to try the dessert. I've only tasted the American version mm-hmm. that they have here. Uh, for instance, like the mo- mochis. I love, love mochis. Don't like and them. they're so they're just I mean, what flavor? Again, I probably got the Americanized mochi one, but like I had like flavor. a mango flavor mochi. Have you ever had mango flavored mochi? Uh, I don't think so. I thought mochi was like a green tea. No, mochi, I believe it's like an ice cream, like an ice cream. And then it's like a and it's covered in like little dough, like a soft dough kind of thing. And then it is dusty. I thought I thought you were you we were talking about the same thing. It has like, yeah, little, I like, think we're I think we're talking about the same thing. Isn't it in the frozen food aisle or isn't it like cold? Right. Uh, Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so. I love it. I used to eat that for lunch. All jokes aside, I used to eat that for lunch. And that was at my lowest, by the way. No, it wasn't. Lowest, not in weight, but lowest, like, in my life. <laughs> okay. When you were eating mochi for lunch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was good because I got the mochi from Whole Foods. I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying. Oh, anything from Whole Foods is good for you. Right. It's on, yeah, it's on paper. I was just talking to White Bones about how Whole Foods is the most annoying grocery store. Because, like, if I go into any grocery store, I kind of know the general layout and I can kind of find things pretty easily. But Whole Foods adds in, like, tincture aisles and, like, oil aisles and these, like, herbal supplement aisles where I'm like, this throws a wrench in the whole thing. It really does. It really does. It gets very confusing when Whole Foods has, like, their own, like, another level of organic like there's just like i don't know like they have these like two aisles where it's just like 110 percent vegan like it's just fucking insane <laughs> yeah, extra vegan yeah it's like yeah i just they want healthy just... food food is healthy by the way meat is healthy get the fuck out of here if you're vegan yeah that's just... unless you're doing it for like religious purposes which is fine because you know religion is Something that some people need. That's the name of the aisle. Religious purposes and shit you've never heard of. <laughs> That's a weird. Where can I find um, some vegan food and a candle of La, La Maria de ah, Santo? Sí. <laughs> like, oh, that's aisle. Yeah, that's aisle 9B. Um, yeah, Whole Foods feels at their prices and the confusion of the layout of the store. It feels like a casino. Like they're trying to keep you there. To just keep buying. That's kind of true. I do have to give it up to there now. I don't now. Liz, Lizard and I have been off pizza for a bit now. Okay, I'm talking two plus months away uh, out from pizza. We haven't even had pizza. Oh, their pizza bar is yeah. Yeah, they had because they had at least the one that I used to go to. Um, they had like straight up brick oven. Like they're just churning them out. Like it was legit. I've been to a Whole Foods. I know what you're talking about. I'm with you. We're on the same page, baby. There's the cheesemonger to the left, the pizza to the right. I got it. (laughs) So anyways, look, something's gone awry. We're like, I think, you know, everyone like everything, when things get popular, when it gets over overpopulated with people coming in and out, the work suffers. The, the, (laughs) the integrity of the, of the, in this case, pizza 
suffers. Mm. And I, yeah, I have to I have to say very disappointed in Whole Foods, but but they're keeping me by a thread on this dessert thing. I do like the fact that I can just buy a dessert that's like the size of like half my hand. Like just <laughs> sm- yes. like I can't feel guilty about taking like a sweet little <laughs> chocolate mousse, uh, tres leches, like fruit tart. Like it's, You're yeah. keeping me <laughs> by a thread with this conversation. I, just when I think it's getting so boring and I want to shoot myself in the head, you say something that triggers me and, and keeps me back in it. I'm a man of the people, okay? White Bones just came back with like a, a couple small things of ice cream. Yeah. Not from a Whole Foods, but from a store out here called Sprouts, which is like a farmer's market. It's like Whole Foods light. I've been I've been to Sprouts. Yeah. Don't get don't get all West Coast elitist on me. I know what a fucking Sprouts is. She comes back with these small little ice creams. And I'm so sick of this. I I'm looking at the container of ice cream and it's like there's always the section that's like our story. And I'm like, I don't need your goddamn story. Oh, I just want to bury my feelings yeah, in this ice yeah. cream. And then it's always like. Don't make me feel double sad. <laughs> yeah. And then it's always like <laughs> our ice cream is made in small batches with the finest ingredients from around the world. And I'm like, I've never cared about batch size. <laughs> when in my life. Have I given a shit about batch size? I, mean, I don't care what your factory is like. Just feed me the freaking sugar. I f- and also, you're in you're in every grocery store. How small are these batches? Right. Like, give me a comparison. Give me a relevance because I see your product everywhere. Yeah, these small batches must be old as fuck because you know it's just like there's <laughs> right. no way they're churning out that much product. Which I feel the same way about. Um, Etsy. I don't know if you've ever fucked with Etsy. I just kind of got into Etsy. Etsy. Yeah. This past month was Lizard's birthday and also Valentine's Day and stuff. And our anniversary is coming up. So I'm thinking, you know, why am I going to go the corporate? Get something that's been glued together by a hippie. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. Something handcrafted, right? Some thought into it. I don't want to just ask, uh, you know, a corporate corporate hound like a Bezos to give me, you know, something that's, you know, a, a million products have already been sold, you know. So I'm researching Etsy. I find a cool shirt. I find this t- this um whatever water plant water, like a little with a little spout. Beautiful gold stainless steel. <laughs> a watering can. Yeah, there you go. But it's like a really nice one, you know, and it's for Liz's little plants. It's like a little miniature one, right? I love that you're searching Etsy for watering can, and you're like spout can. Uh. A water holder. Yeah. God, what am I gonna? Get? How am I gonna find this thing? I know she wants something to water plants with. So I get. So I find a nice one that's like designed that this guy actually built. Apparently, this got built by himself. Like, great, cool, done. Paying for it. Got it. This was back in early January, right? And then beginning of this month, February, uh, I get an email from the guy saying, "Hey, I'm so sorry." Uh, uh, inventory is a little bit low. I'm a little backed up. I'm a one man band. You know how it is. I'm just, you know, trying to get going with this and 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 blah blah blah. And he's like, it's it's coming. Uh, he's like, so it's a little bit backed up. Uh, we'll be shipping it off at mid month, and it'll get to you around the end of the month, possibly early March. When's her birthday? February twenty second. Ah, ah, Jesus. But Christ. that's not. But I didn't just get her that. So I'm like, whatever. It's fine. It's, you know, it's just a little extra that she'll get in a couple weeks after. You know, surprise. Yeah. Cool. So then uh, literally, I think like the day before after Valentine's Day, I get another email. Same guy. No. And at first I'm just like, you know, that's fine. Cool. Great. He's like, I'll give you 10 percent off. Is that cool? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Take your time. No worries, man. I get it. Yeah. Get the second email. And he's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to refund your money. I'm actually we don't have enough inventory and I'm just not going to be able to send anything to you at this moment. I hope we can work together again. No. Oh, we cannot work together. So I wrote I wrote a letter. I wrote an email that I have yet to send because there's a lot of slurs in it, okay? But Do you want to read it on the podcast? I, I, Listen you white devil. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was a white guy. Um but uh, Of course. Yes. They rule Etsy. So 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 I'm just thinking like I mean I just get I immediately get now I'm full blown uh, like 
Amazon head. Fuck Etsy. Fuck. Oh, no one wants to mess with full blown Jason. Yeah. Fuck these Etsy small businesses, one person, one man band. Like, you got to fucking deliver, okay? You can't be sending me personal emails about your tragic story and how hard it is to be a white male owning his own company, owning his own startup. Meanwhile, fucking Amazon will kill endless amounts of grandmas just to get my package a day earlier than expected. <laughs> Thank you. It's amazing what Amazon's done. And in turn, so immediately I get mad. I'm like, I'm going to buy a shitload from Amazon just to show this fucking guy. So I buy some and stuff. And send him the receipt. And so <laughs> Attach it to the email. <laughs> I get I, So I, I I buy a bunch of stuff, including the including the new webcam. Shout out to new webcam, Kyle's uh suggestion newwebcam.com.amazon yeah, yeah. shout out so i buy a bunch of stuff no joke it tells me like oh it'll be here by uh monday uh whatever the, the whatever this past monday was got here on saturday night. <laughs> saturday night bezos you did it again <laughs> yes my man Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, a podcast that dives down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Berseth, your host and dean of this fine institution, and as always, I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez. If this is your first time at WikiU, thanks for tuning in. Jason and I are comedians, and this is a podcast that combines learning and comedy, so it's for smart people and dumb people alike. On every episode, Jason and I get together over Zoom and attempt to link two very different topics across Wikipedia. So strap on and strap in, because on this episode of WikiU, we're starting at a covert CIA operation in the 1970s known as the Glomar Explorer. Then we'll dive into the civil rights movement and get a taste of the full-blown Johnson treatment. Ugh. Finally, we'll make our way to a controversial memorial outside of Atlanta, Georgia, known as Stone Mountain. All right, well, let's get started, Jason. Let's do it, man. I'm excited about my topic. And uh, let's see, it's basically, it's in Georgia. It's called Stone Mountain. Mm -hmm. Now, if people don't know what Stone Mountain is or or what it has, uh, I believe it is a architectural phenomenon. No, that's not architecture. I guess not architect. We're engineering okay. phenomenon that uh, an art, I don't know, I don't know exactly what artist did it, but basically they engraved a portrait of, uh, I believe, three Confederate soldiers, one possibly including Robert Ely. Am I incorrect on that? Well, well we'll find out on the on the podcast here, we'll read about who's in the relief. I believe it's called a relief, a stone relief, maybe something relief. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, let me introduce my topic. I think we should start at my topic only because I think yours will be easier to get to because we could always fall back on geography. That's right. American geography, <laughs> where it starts and ends. My topic is the Glomar Explorer. So back in the 70s, uh, I don't, I mean, we could just dive into it and know we're trying to get to Stone Mountain. What, what is it called again? The Omar Explorer? Glomar with a G. Glomar Explorer. Okay. All right. So we're trying to get to Stone Mountain. Oh, do you want to set a one hour timer? I'm doing that r right now. One hour on the clock. Cool. We're going to Stone Mountain. And oh, the Glomar Explorer kind of relates to... Your last episode topic of Hedy Lamar, because Howard Hughes was behind it. Ooh. So the Glomar Explorer, the GSF Explorer, yeah, okay, formerly the Hughes Glomar Explorer, was a deep sea drill ship platform built for Project Arizona, the secret 1974 effort by the United States CIA Special Activities Division to recover the Soviet submarine k 129. So I'm just going to go right down to Project Arizona. Ooh, Project Arizona. That sounds So it was just a big ship that Howard Hughes built to recover a Soviet sub that sank at the bottom of the ocean. I see. So But I believe it was a covert 
operation. Oh, okay. So the purpose of the ship was to get uh, something that has been sunk or a submarine. Yeah, a submarine. So I'll just read it, I guess. <laughs> okay. And so it wasn't like you're saying it was kind of like um, un- under the table. Like it wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Public yeah, yeah. that like, oh, this is what we're doing. Yes. It was like, hey, we're just another ship. And then boom. I guess I could go to the article for Project Arizona. Maybe I should have started at that. Let's do it. All right. Project Arizona. Sounds hot. Erroneously called Jennifer. Well, it just got hotter. It's yeah. called Jennifer by the press after its top secret security compartment was a U.S. CIA project to recover the sunken Soviet, Soviet submarine K-129 from the Pacific Ocean floor in 1974 using the purpose-built ship Hughes Glomar Explorer. The 1968 sinking of the K-129 occurred approximately 1,600 miles northwest of Hawaii, Project Arizona was one of the most complex, expensive, and secretive intelligent operations of the Cold War at a cost of $800 million or $4 billion today. In addition to designing the recovery ship and its lifting cradle, the U.S. used concepts developed with Global Marine that utilized their precision stability equipment to keep the ship nearly stationary above the target while lowering nearly three miles of pipe. Damn. Whoa, they were laying some pipe, Jahan. Yeah, they were. Uh, they worked with scientists to, de- to develop... No met- wonder Howard Hughes went crazy. I'd fucking go nuts if I had to lay that much pipe. <laughs> laying three miles of pipe? Yeah, yeah man. Lock me in a room. <laughs> lock, me a, lock me in a room and a laptop. Yeah. Uh, the company was nominally owned by Howard's, Howard Hughes, who secretly backed by the CIA had paid for construction of Hughes Glomar Explorer, while the ship recovered a portion of K-129, a mechanical failure in the grapple caused two-thirds of the recovered section to break off during recovery. It's one-third good job. All right, so here's the wreck. In April 1968, Soviet Pacific Fleet surface and air assets were observed conducting a surge deployment to the North Pacific Ocean that involved some unusual search operations. The Ah, so they were searching for this sub. Okay. The activity was evaluated by the United States as a possible reaction to the loss of a Soviet submarine. Soviet surface ship searches. Ooh, that's a tough sentence. Soviet surface ship searches. That's like a tongue twister. So you got to say that seven times fast. Soviet surface ship, ship oh, God damn. Soviet <laughs> surface ship searches were centered on a location. Soviet surface ships. Wait, say it again. What was it? Soviet, Soviet surface ship searches. <laughs> Soviet surface ship searches. Searches. Were centered. Soviet surface ships search researches. Nope. Searches. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Soviet Soviet surface ship searches were centered on a location known to be associated with Soviet Golf II class strategic ballistic missile or SSB SSB diesel submarine patrol routes. These submarines carried three nuclear missiles in an extended sail slash conning tower, coning tower and routinely deployed within missile range of the U.S. West Coast. So this they, they were after these three missiles, I think. Let me get to the building of the Glomar. Global Marine Development Incorporated, the research and development arm of Global Marine Incorporated, a pioneer in deep water offshore drilling operations. So this is like Armageddon of the sea. They call in the drillers. Right, right. You have to. You have to get Bruce Willis in there. Bruce Willis and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, and Ben Affleck. (laughs) They were contracted to design, build, and operate Hughes Glomar Explorers to secretly salvage the sunken Soviet submarine. Come on! What is with these tongue twister sentences? Secretly salvage the Soviet... Secretly salvage the sunken Soviet submarine? Well, think about it. Everything has to be kept secret. What a better way to do it if you can't even fucking say what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how the CIA knows you're not involved. 
Hi, I'm here for the secretly salvaged the sunken. Yeah, exactly. You can't. I mean, you can't even get through the sentence. It's like you clearly don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> the global marine development was uh, contracted to build this uh, Glomar Explorer to secretly salvage the sunken Soviet submarine. The ship was built at the Sun Shipbuilding Yard near Philadelphia. Oh. Billionaire businessman Howard Hughes, whose company were already contractors on numerous classified U.S. military weapons, aircraft, and satellite contracts, agreed to lend his name to the project to support the cover story that the ship was mining manganese nodules from the ocean floor, but Hughes and his companies had no actual involvement in the project. Okay, so he just put his name on it. They're like, we need a crazy famous person. A cover. They just needed a cover. It's kind of like Argo, I guess. Oh, Ar- oh yeah. Yeah, Argo, f- yourself. So they sailed from Long Beach on, in 1974. It arrived at the recovery site on the 4th of July. How about that? And conducted salvage operations for over a month. During this period, at least two Soviet Navy ships visited the Hughes Glomar Explorer's work site. Well, what are you doing here? We see you. Yeah. Oh, manganese. Yes, we are also looking for manganese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, the nodules. That's insane. That's insane that they were like so. So this was uh, CIA trying to be like trying to get the Soviet submarine just to get some, you know, some secrets, some tech, see what they can find, basically, right? Yeah. Nice. I like the idea that Howard Hughes is on the deck. He's got like an ascot tucked into his uh, jacket and he's just like, hey, and he's wearing no pants. He's just laying pipes. Man, you know, it makes you think like, you know, what what if like, J- like when we hear like Jeff Bezos put his name on some, some, you know, bullshit government thing, then we're going to know like, oh, that's just some bullshit. It's just like yes. him just kind of cover- working together. With the government, because he he's gonna get a little piece. He's gonna get a slice. Yeah, he's gonna get a slice. He'll he'll get a wiki article at the very yeah. least, which everyone strives for. At the very least, of course. But I I do think it's funny that there's this random spot in the Pacific Ocean, and people from both sides are just showing up, like, oh, <laughs> hey, you guys are here too. All right. <laughs> it's crazy, man. The social, social, social contracts are still intact. Yeah. Yeah. You still have to act. Even in the grand scheme of things like that. Yeah. Even if it's like from one person to another person, from one country to another country, like it's still. So there is a, so two things. 1998, there was a release of a video showing the 1974 memorial services for the six Soviet seamen, come on, six Soviet seamen whose bodies were recovered by Project Arizona. The, oh, so of course, the sub sunk, and there were Soviets on the sub, the sunken sub. The Soviet six were in there. Six Soviets on the sunken sub, right. yeah. So they pulled them up, and they're like, what do we do with these bodies? And uh, they were like, why don't we pass them to that boat? that's watching us yeah 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 hey guys this stuff came up with our manganese yeah. <laughs> are these your bodies it just floated up anyway so here's the legacy and then let's let's start heading over to stone mountain uh the freedom of information act request and the glomar response after stories had been published about the cia's attempts to stop publication of information about project arizona Harriet Ann Philippi, a journalist, filed a Freedom of Information Act request with the CIA for any records about the CIA's attempts. The CIA refused to either confirm or deny the existence of such documents. Classic response, right? right? The We can neither confirm or deny. This type of non-responsive reply has since come to be known as the Glomar response, or glomarization. Interesting. Okay, so that so I, journalists know. That's, uh, real quick about the Freedom of Information Act. So who was it that was like wanted to know more about this fucking ship? Like who's just like who's? This? I believe it was a New York. Well, a journalist. I just went to Harriet Ann Philippi. She's an investigative reporter. 
Well, I feel like these journalists have bigger fish fish to fry, okay? Because I don't, I couldn't give a hoot and a half about what we did to the Soviets. I want to know what the CIA has done to its own people here in the United States. That's a kind of Freedom of Information Act I want to know. Not, hey, what did you find in the fucking Soviet, you know, submarine? Like, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I want to know how many fucking human beings, uh, how many non-whites did you experiment on? Oh, wow. A lot. Yeah, I know. And I just wanted to get those numbers, you know. That's the kind of thing I think we should use the Freedom of Information Act. To, to find out how many non-whites the CIA has experimented on. To find out exactly how evil our government is. Yeah, basically. I mean, how do you count to infinity, Jason? Right. It's tough. Very tough. What? With dead bodies. Well, if we could find out how many non-whites the CIA in, um, has experimented on, we could probably get to the racist Stone Mountain Monument. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, yeah. Well, let's bounce to something else here. Wow, I wonder what Operation Matador is. So there's, I mean, I see Time Magazine. Operation Matador, that's, uh, let's see. That's definitely, that's Spanish shit, right? It's like them invading... The Spanish having a bunch of Spaniards just fuck your wife like a bull. Oh my god, is that right? Yeah, I can neither confirm. That's the wife's <laughs> answer. She gives you the Glomar response. Yeah, you know, you know it's a problem. I can neither confirm nor yeah. deny that I was part of Operation Matador. That's so when you, uh, yeah, Operation Matador. That's when you just paint the whole town red, baby. Okay, so I see Lyndon B. Johnson. We could. Oh, we could go to another yo another famous yogurt slinger. He's from the he's from Texas. And I know. Oh, oh, I also see Richard Nixon. I believe Lyndon Johnson was a Texas Democrat. So that could get to something a little racy in Georgia. I don't know. Those are those are those are now extinct, right? Texas Democrats. Yeah, they're done for. All right, Jason, what, should I just pick something? You just want me to pick something? Yeah, please, by all means, man. Take me on this ride. All right, I'm going to Lyndon B. Johnson. Oh, because he also did some civil rights stuff. So maybe we can hop down to civil rights. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Uh, often Wait, that's his middle name? Bain? Baines. Bain. I want to be president. B Is it B-A-N-E-S? B-A-I-N-E-S. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. <laughs> nice. Is Lyndon B. Johnson the guy who like fell down a lot? I always I forget these um presidents. <laughs> fell down a lot? Anything before 88? I have no idea about. Or was what? that Ford? Wasn't Ford? Oh, like fell through the podium. I think that was Ford. They made fun of it on SNL. Yeah. I mean I mean, yeah, I'm sure it happened like once or twice, but he's like known for it or some shit. Lyndon B. Johnson was born in a farmhouse in Stonewall, Texas. He worked as a high school teacher and a congressional aide before win uh, winning election to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1937. Johnson won election to the United States Senate from Texas in 1948 after narrowly, narrowly winning the Democratic Party's nomination. He was appointed to the position of Senate Majority Whip in 1951. He became the Senate leader of the Democrats in 1953. He became known for his domineering personality and the quote-unquote Johnson treatment, his aggressive coercion of powerful politicians to advance legislation. Johnson ran for the... Let's, let's see if we can find a little more about the Johnson treatment. Johnson treatment, Glow Omar response. I like all these, like, tactical, like... Things you can do as a human being that these people have made. Was it is it Glomar? Glomar. Glomar, correct? yeah. Oh, I believe Glomar, I, yeah. I didn't find the Johnson treatment. I actually went down to the Civil Rights Act of 1964 because I feel like that could you don't have to find it. I can give you the Johnson treatment if you want, Kyle. Okay. No, no, that's... Yeah, check your DMs, bro. I'm giving you the Johnson treatment right now. What's that even mean? Check your DMs. You'll know. <laughs> nah, just tell me. Tell me and the listeners <laughs> what the Johnson treatment is, Jason. Pictures of my dick, bro. Straight to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson was known for sending people... Pictures of his dick via he sent the He sent the first uh, dick picture. It was a drawing. Well, I believe Lyndon Johnson was known for having, like, his aides and assistants come into the bathroom while he took a shit and just have whole meetings with people 
while he took a shit. I respect that. That's a power move. That's called the Johnson treatment. Huge power move. Of well, course. I believe the Johnson treatment specifically, he was pretty tall, so he would like lean in on people and like just look right. Okay. They'd have to keep leaning back and he'd just like lean over them so they were uncomfortable the entire time he was talking oh, to them. So he he wasn't erect. He was usually like he leaned over. No, he was fully erect. That's not man, that's 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 like the next level. Okay. If they didn't give him what he wanted, he's like, "Don't don't make me. Don't Come on, don't make me. Don't make me do it." I can't get over the the having meetings like while taking a shit. Like I have to respect that because let's be honest, there's only so much time <laughs> in a day. Yeah. When you're president, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm just thinking of it. I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I mean, he's the president. Yeah, there's a lot of shit to get done. I mean, right now it's a little, it's a little bit. It's almost, it's one o'clock right now. All I've really done today is gone to the gym and doing a podcast right now with you. That's two things. Have you taken a shit though? Yes. Ah, see, there you go. You could have had a meeting. You could have recorded the podcast while taking a shit. That's what we're doing now. Our, all, for the rest of our podcast, we're just going to be taking shits Both of and us. doing the podcast from the bathroom. The Johnson effect treatment. The Johnson treatment. All right. So I actually, he became president in 1963. Do you know how he became president, Jason? Assassination. Correct. Johnson was quickly sworn in as Johnson president. killed. Yeah, who do you kill? I forget. JFK. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson. He was the second shooter. Conspire. <laughs> Crazy. Yo, he he gave him the Johnson treatment. <laughs> Straight to the fucking dome. Johnson was quickly sworn in as president on Air Force One in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, just two hours and eight minutes after JFK was assassinated. Wait, at that point, does Air Force One have like propellers? I. <laughs> it's funny to think like if Air Force One was like, you know, before Air Force One was did they had like, did a president have like, was there a special horse and carriage for for John Adams? I'm sure there was. Yeah, but I believe the Secret Service didn't come into effect until Abraham Lincoln got assassinated. Before that, right. people could like walk up to the White House and hand deliver their letters, their angry letters, yeah. or just show up with a gun because people were carrying guns around all the time. So it was like, right. oh yeah, I had to deliver this letter to Lincoln or to whoever preceded Lincoln. Uh, and I happened to have my rifle with me, of course. Anyway, so I did click on Air Force One real quick just to answer your question. I love your curiosity here, Jason. Air Force One, the shoes, by the way, right? <laughs> God damn. No, no. That's a sweet pair of Nikes on right now. JFK was the first president to use the, they have the name here. The alternate name is Sam 26,000. I don't know what that is. But he first flew on the aircraft on November 10th, 1962 to attend the funeral services of former First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt in Hyde Park, New, uh, New York. And then the next flight he took to Berlin and then uh, he was quickly assassinated and president. By the hands of Lyndon B. Johnson. At the hands of Lyndon Johnson, who was like, I am the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my plane. All right. So I am back to LBJ. I'm going down to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. President Kennedy had submitted a civil rights bill to Congress in June 1963, which was met with strong opposition. Johnson renewed the effort and asked Bobby Kennedy to spearhead the undertaking for the administration on Capitol Hill. This provided adequate political cover for Johnson should the effort fail, but if it were successful, Johnson would receive ample credit. Historian Robert Caro notes that the bill Kennedy had submitted was facing the same tactics that prevented the passage of civil rights bills in the past. Johnson was quite familiar. It's crazy that like he brought it like he brought he brings it up and it's like strongly opposed like it's not even like crazy was it that crazy it's yeah it's crazy now it's yeah yeah if it's crazy now but these were a bunch of racists so you know i mean that's well we're on the topic of racism i mean we should be able to click uh, to stone mountain pretty quick 
we're actually on the topic of opposite racism. I think civil rights is the opposite of racism. Look, we're not here to argue that. True. All right. So, hey, man, you're, you're killing all the fun here. But keep going. Passing the civil rights bill in the House required getting it through the Rules Committee, which had been holding it up in an attempt to kill it. Johnson decided on a campaign to use a discharge petition. Don't, don't even say it. He used a discharge position to force it. <laughs> don't say it, Jason. To <laughs> Johnson, <laughs> Johnson decided on a campaign to use a discharge position to force it onto the House floor. Facing a growing threat that they would be bypassed, the House Rules Committee approved the bill and moved it to the floor of the full House, which passed it shortly thereafter by a vote of 290 to 110. In the Senate, since the tax bill had passed three days earlier, the anti-civil rights senators were left with, a, with the filibuster as their only remaining tool. Overcoming the filibuster required the support of over 20 Republicans who were growing less supportive because their party was about to nominate uh, for president a candidate who opposed the bill. Some racist. I wonder who that was. According to the author, Caro, Johnson ultimately could convince Republican leader Everett Dixon to support the bill that amassed the necessary Republican votes to overcome the filibuster in March 1964 after 75 hours of debate. The bill passed the Senate by a vote of 71 to 29. He signed the Fortified Civil Rights Act of 1964 into law on July 2nd. Legend has it that the evening after signing the bill, Johnson told an aide, quote unquote, I think we just delivered the South to the Republican Party for a long time to come, anticipating a coming backlash from Southern whites against Johnson's Democratic Party. Well, I don't think he was wrong there. I also I also don't think he actually said that. <laughs> don't you? I know I don't I don't believe that one bit. American folklore? Fuck out of here, dude. No, American legend. Legend has it. Legend no, that's bullshit. That didn't happen, man. Who wrote you know who you know who wrote you know who wrote that down all that history? A white man. I'm sorry. Are you calling the whites liars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. Sounds accurate. Like I get, I get it. You signed a piece of paper. Uh, what do you want? You, you know, you, you, our savior. Like what else? Uh, now, now we have to like have actual like. Uh, I don't know. I'm done with LBJ. Can I fuck that guy? Yeah. I well, can we go to MLK? I see he can do something good, and then he doesn't have to be praised for it. Okay, people shouldn't be praised or awarded for doing something right. It should be the right thing to do. Right. However. There, I guess. I just look. I'm just saying. I want all LGB, all LGB, um, or whatever the fuck. LBJ? I want Lyndon B. Johnson statues knocked down immediately. <laughs> that's my stance. Hey, that's a stance. I don't. I'm know tired that... of all these white saviors. Okay, put up a statue of Martin Luther King, like a big one, like 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 Godzilla size. Yeah, on the National Mall, they should do that. They should put up a memorial. For Martin Luther. I'm going to Martin Luther King. I see a picture of him here. Um, he's from a statue or something. I mean, like a proper one, don't they? I mean, because I know they have like a giant head. Like, well, that's a little weird. Don't they have like a giant head of, Mar of Martin Luther King? Isn't it in proportion to the body? <laughs> Is it not in proportion? Isn't his body giant as well? That was a, that was a little known fact about Martin Luther King. He There was no hat. I'm telling you, no hat ever fit his head i'm looking at a picture of him wearing a hat jason <laughs> it's just a little known american american legend just an american legend okay so i went to martin luther king jr who i believe is from georgia so i think you know we're getting there you know all right martin luther king jr was an african-american baptist minister and activist who became the most visible spokesperson and leader in the civil rights movement from 1955 until his assassination in 1968. King advanced civil rights through nonviolence and civil disobedience, inspired by his Christian beliefs and the nonviolent activism of Mahatma Gandhi. He was the son of early civil rights activist Martin Luther King Sr., See, I didn't know Martin Luther King Sr. was also a civil rights activist. Yeah, bro. He got it from his daddy, man. Come on. 
All right. This shit runs in the family. Strong blood, baby. Okay. Yeah, that, hey, great. <laughs> All right. King participated and led marches for blacks, right to vote, desegregation, labor rights, and other basic civil rights. King led the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott and later became the first president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC. As president, I was waiting for you to go, SCLC. Oh. Yeah, I don't like to joke around about Martin Luther King. I find him to be a very respectable person. Oh, okay, we, then we better, uh, <laughs> we better move on. But here you go, Jason. Another issue with the CIA here. F- FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover considered King a radical and made him an object of the FBI's... Wait, who did? Jimmy Carter? Oh, boy. J. Edgar Hoover. Jimmy Carter wasn't in office. When- oh, Hoover. Oh, f- that guy in his f***ing Hooverville pieces of shit, man. That's a different Hoover. Oh, oh okay. Well, <laughs> there runs in the family. That family. Hooverville isn't J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover was known for cross-dressing. Well, he was? Yeah, he dabbled in the... Uh- in cross dressing and interesting sexual. Uh, hey, that's fine. Hey, man, uh, that's that's fine with me. What I don't like about him is that he fucking painted uh, Martin Luther King as radical. Right. Well, I mean, so from 1963 forward, FBI. Uh, oh, wait. Um, yeah, they started investigating him. Like thoroughly in 1963 on. FBI agents investigated him for possible communist ties, and they were like, He's not hot enough, and he is married, so no way he's a communist. Recorded his extramarital liaisons and reported on them to government officials, and in 1964, mailed King a threatening anonymous letter, which he interpreted as an attempt to make him commit suicide. What? I want to read this letter. Okay, Wait, wait, so what was the letter? The letter, the CIA just wrote him a letter saying like, hey, I, we know you're banging all these chicks and we're going to tell the whole world. And he's like, oh, you know, he's supposed to you. like break down I'll, or something. I'll or tell what? you, on November 20, I went to the letter and then we'll go back to Martin Luther King. On November 21st, 1964, a package that contained the letter and a tape recording allegedly of King's sexual indiscretions. You got it, Jason was delivered to Coretta Scott King. God, CIA is a real piece of shit, Huge man. piece of shit. Dirt, plain dirty, man. Us. But I like how, like, like, look, okay, granted, look, say whatever you want about extramarital, whatever the fuck, but it's just Affairs. like, the fact that the CIA digs into you. FBI. And the worst thing that they find is that you're just cheating on your wife, you're banging other chicks, like, come, like, yeah. Fuck off, CIA. Uh, well, apparently Fuck they you. sent him this letter to they sent this letter and tape recording to Coretta Scott King, which if you send a tape recording, it's like, yeah, we know this is the FBI or CIA. Nobody else is recording like phone calls and has these hidden. Like you just gave your it's just like the Glomar. Like, oh, yeah, we're just right, we're just right. out here recording. No. <laughs> Right. Like, like, is the wife supposed to think like she got that from like the mistress? Like, you know, it's like clearly like. Exactly. God, it's, what a petty, like shitty. God, what? A, I mean, they're just narcs straight up. CIA is just a bunch of narcs. Well, Coretta Scott King was a bit of an audiophile because she described the tapes as say, by saying, quote unquote, I couldn't make much out of it. It was just a lot of mumbo jumbo. She's like, the audio quality. Ooh, burn CIA. She was like, yo, your audio, your audio sucks, basically. <laughs> yeah. Get some better mics. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this was supposed to get Martin Luther King to commit suicide. And I you can see the whole letter on Wikipedia. Uh, they do have an image of it, so I have a funny feeling you'll you'd be able to read it. So anyway, let's go back to man. That sucks, dude. I wish like Martin Luther King wrote them a letter, like just like Fuck you, like that's it. And just he writes a letter back, and he's like, "I banged your wife." <laughs> <laughs> that's the Martin Luther King suicide letter. I banged your wife nonviolently. But see, this is this is what the Freedom of Information Act should be used for: finding out more of this type of shit. Yeah, this is even because that's even more like uh like fucking diabolical because you're target you're targeting one person specifically. We're taking we're taking tax money 
to set up cameras and recordings of Martin Luther King cheating. Like that's it's bullshit. crazy. I mean, it's such a waste of money, especially like the nonviolent, the, the nonviolent guy. That's what I mean. And again, the nonviolent guy, all you can get was uh, 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 what is it? infidelity. That's all you can get out of the nonviolent guy. Okay, I think we can get to Stone Mountain pretty pretty soon here, Jason, because I went down to the birth of uh, Martin Luther King, and he was born in Atlanta, Georgia in 1929. Isn't Stone Mountain outside of Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, I believe it's in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Okay. All right, so do you want to go to Atlanta? Yeah, dude, I've been dying to go to Atlanta. I've heard they got the sickest strip clubs, and this is, by the way, I am so sad that it's COVID time right now because one of the most fun times I've ever had was at bachelor parties. And I feel like those are dead now. Oh, yeah. You can't be going to strip clubs now. I I thought it was funny that I can't remember which NBA player it was, but he broke. He he left the bubble for a funeral, but then also went to a strip club to get the chicken wings. <laughs> you can't blame the guy. He just left the funeral. He needs a pick me up. <laughs> hey, I. The, I'm not blaming the guy. Does he? I mean, does he not like fu- like f- after a funeral? You're not like a happy peppy person. You need a little. You need some help, some assistance. <laughs> and are you getting that from the chicken wings or the titties? No, the chicken wings. I mean, you're just hungry at some point. I mean, come on, you've been crying all day. It's a funeral. <laughs> but it's but I really do. I I I I'm very lucky. I I feel blessed that I got to enjoy a Las Vegas strip club before COVID happened. So at least I got that out of the way. But I was really looking forward to some Atlanta strip clubs. Is that right? I've heard nothing but good things. Okay. Have you ever been to Atlanta, Jason? I haven't. No, no, no. I wanted to. I, I really wanted to. I've never been to Atlanta either. They have great production over there. A lot of, a lot of work. Uh, and aside from that, it's really production and strip clubs. Is oh, running. I heard it's mostly strip clubs. It's strip clubs and Tyler Perry dressing up as a stripper. I'm in. And then everyone is surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I did get to enjoy New Orleans, though. New Orleans is another wild city that I am so glad I got to enjoy before nope, COVID. this isn't New Orleans. Do not hop over. Nope, we're not doing New Orleans. We're on Atlanta, Jason. Nice try. You're not. No, we're de- in the South, baby. You're not derailing this. We're trying to get to Stone Mountain. We're, we got to be close. We're close. We're edging. Let's do it. Ooh. All right. Atlanta is the capital and most populous city of the U.S. state of Georgia with an estimated 2019 population of about a half million, which that's actually less than I expected. That's actually the exact amount of number of people who have died from COVID uh, just two days ago. That is wild. The entire city of Atlanta. So imagine that. Imagine imagine Atlanta, Atlanta wiped out. Now, I know some of you might like that. I hope it's not our listeners, but... Imagine if Atlanta was just wiped out. That's literally what has happened um, in terms of numbers wise uh, this past week. So just I figured you guys needed a little pick me up. (laughs) You guys wanted some. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Keep it light, Jason. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm just keeping it real. All right. The city serves as the cultural and economic center of the Atlanta metropolitan area home to more than six million people and the ninth largest metropolitan area in the nation atlanta is the seat of fulton county the most populous county in georgia portions of the city extend eastward into neighboring DeKalb county the city is situated among the foothills of the appalachian mountains and has the highest elevation among major cities east of the mississippi I had no idea it was considered a high up city. What, what a high up city? What do you mean? Well, it's the highest elevation city east of the Mississippi, meaning it, it's in the oh wow mountains. Okay. I guess kind of that surprised me. Surprises me because I would have thought like maybe Asheville, North Carolina, which is oh, but major city. I guess that's not a major city. Anyway. Okay. And you're saying like like it's high, like high as in like above sea level, like, right? And like, Correct. Huh, yeah. interesting. It's Man, in- I can't imagine how hot it would be if it wasn't at that 
tight. Like if you know, true, is yeah. it already hot down there? I think it's already steamy. Yeah, I I feel like it's probably swamp ass city. I mean, it's in the foothills. Sure. So it's it's kind of like you know when you go out to the Blue Ridge Mountains and you're just climbing up. It's, it's yeah every week. Every week when you I thought your brother lives under the mountains. Oh, under the mountain, at the, <laughs> at the bottom of the mountains. Yeah, he lives in a in a mine in a coal mine site. Okay, Jason. Atlanta was originally founded as the terminus of a major state-sponsored railroad. With rapid expansion, however, it soon became the convergence point among multiple railroads, spurring its rapid growth. The city's name derives from that of the Western and Atlantic Railroad's local depot. Oh, okay. So that's why it's called Atlanta, signifying the town's growing reputation as a transportation hub. It ranks in the top 20 among world cities and 10th in the nation with a gross domestic product. A gross domestic product. I lost you. A GDP. GDP. Thank you. Of $385 billion. Atlanta's economy is considered diverse with dominant sectors that include aerospace, transportation, logistics, professional and business services, media operation, medical services, and strip clubs. Atlanta has topographic features that include rolling hills and dense tree coverage, earning the nickname uh, the city in a forest. Gentrification of Atlanta's neighborhoods, initially spurred by the 1996 Summer Olympics, has intensified in the 21st century with the growth of the Atlanta Beltline, altering the city's demographics, politics, aesthetics, and culture. It's interesting that the Summer Olympics uh, created gentrification. Well, I feel like it's uh, white people's mentality to be like, oh, if like, you know, they're doing the Olympics there, it's it's safe for me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's infusing a lot of money into one area, but uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, and exactly. It puts a spotlight on Atlanta. Oh, I could go down to tourism here. Once you hear that they have so many strip clubs, who doesn't want to mm, go there? Good question. Or I could go down to. Ah. Uh, I think I found it, Jason. I went to DeKalb. You got it? Okay. What did you What did you click? What did you click? Yes, I went to DeKalb County. That's that county where it's at. And there's a picture of Stone Mountain Park. Okay, DeKalb County is located in the north central portion of the U.S. state of Georgia. All right, I'm going to Stone Mountain Park. Whoa, nice. We made it. What's the time on the clock, man? Time on the clock is. We have done 50 minutes. Oh, boy. We better wrap this up. So we made it to your topic, Stone Mountain. Jason, I think in a new change for Wiki University, you're going to do some reading. So good luck. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, Yeah, guys, this is my time to shine and see if I can, you know, uh, pronounce things a little bit better than Kyle. So we'll see. Let's keep in mind that English is my my second language. Jason. Just nonstop and hop in there. Just letting you know that English is my second language, FYI. All right, guys, Stone Mountain. Look, this article is about the mountain in the U.S. state of Georgia. Not just All right, Stone Mountain, guys. Um, let's see. Stone Mountain is a what is called a quartz mon- monzonite, which I believe is the type of uh, dome piece rock that's on top of there, basically. So it's not an actual mountain, as you would think, mountain with, you know, with a little... Point. Um, but basically, it is the site of Stone Mountain Park near the city of Stone Mountain, Georgia. The park is owned by the state of Georgia and managed by uh, what is called Norcross based Norcross based Hershend Family Entertainment. Ooh, we might, I might want to dig into that. It seems like some sort of entertainment company owns that. Yeah. See, I thought it was like a federal, federal park or something. But um, at its summit, the elevation is one thousand six hundred and eighty-six feet. That is five hundred fourteen meters for my overseas fans, and above sea level and eight hundred twenty-five feet above the surrounding areas. Stone Mountain is well known for not only its geology, but also the enormous rock relief on its north face. Huh, well, that's where north face comes from. That's cool. Uh, the largest base, 
relief artwork in the in the world? Is it bass or bass? Probably rock relief. Bass. I think it's bass. Bass would be two S's. I'm pretty sure it's bass okay. relief. Well, basically, it's the largest bass relief <laughs> artwork in the world. Okay. It's a carving. The carving depicts three Confederate leaders, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson. My brother has attended all those high schools. Really? Yeah. How about that? Uh, let's see He's here. a big fan of those guys, right? Stone Mountain was once owned by the Venable brothers, Venable brothers. I wonder what they I wonder what they did. Um as a memorial to the Confederacy. <laughs> I'll say own slaves. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing. Um let's see. As a memorial to the Confederacy, Stone Mountain Park officially opened on April 14th, 1965, 100 years to the day after Lincoln's assassination. Interesting. Mm. Although the park had already been in use for a few years, by 2015, it was the most visited destination in the wow, state of Georgia. They, That's crazy. Uh, uh, is the park so good that they're like, we're not going to worry about those racist depictions that are 80 feet high or however big, but we love nature. What can you do? Look, I can't blame it, but that's 2015. It's not, it's six years have passed. I'm pretty sure the number one site most visited by people by tourists is uh Bourbon and Biddies. It's a strip club down in Atlanta. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Bourbon so, and Biddies. Bourbon and Biddies. My what favorite. What do they got? What they, do they have there, Jason? Well, I haven't visited yet. As if you were listening earlier, I have yet to go to any of these clubs, but that is the first strip club that I wanted to go to. Okay. Free bourbon. And do they have the biddies you gotta pay for? Biddies there? Yeah, 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 definitely. Isn't biddies a syn uh a synonym for like old women? Why is that? No, I don't think it has to do anything with age. I thought biddy was a word like an old biddy. Just gender. No, biddies biddies. Well, I, I'm not exactly sure where biddies comes from, but to me, it's uh a derivative of tiggle bitties. Uh, Remember biggle titties, sure, tiggle yeah, bitties. Tiggle bitties, yeah. So you take out the tiggo, keep them as bitties. Yeah, bur and you add bourbon. And then you add bourbon. <laughs> and then you get yourself a party, my friend. <laughs> that, that's uh then you've got yourself a business. <laughs> exactly. In Atlanta. I love that they had to go to some like bureaucracy building and file <laughs> like paperwork to open bourbon and bitties. Yes. Most definitely. And there's someone behind the counter like, does this say biddies? Yeah, like tiggle biddies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Hey, break it down. Break it down for them. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just like you did for me. All righty. So um, and the last uh, last sentence on the top of uh, in the beginning of this uh, article, which, again, we will be starting. This will be our jumping off point for the next episode. This will be our jumping off point. The mountain, which ranges and composition from quartz monzonite to granite and granodronite <laughs> that's my favorite type <laughs> of granite am i right i don't know um is more than five miles eight kilometers in circumference at its base uh the summit of the mountain can be reached by a walk up trail on the west side of the mountain or by the skyride aerial team tram tram Sorry, I, I don't mean to correct your reading. Great job, Jason. No, it's fine. I always I always correct your reading. <laughs> I mean, not out loud in my head, but it's still I'm definitely correcting it, though. All right. Well, hey, we did it. We got from the Glomar Explorer to Stone Mountain in Georgia, and we're going to pick up next week at Stone Mountain and go to another. I guess I guess I'll come with a topic next week. So we'll be going from your topic of Stone Mountain to whatever I show up with. No, that's cool. I want to, yeah, I would love to dive in into some of these uh, topics um, for the for the next one. I can't wait to find out more about Stone Mountain. Yeah, we didn't even get to your racist bass relief. Bass? Bass. Bass relief? That's, yeah, that's, an, that's another one we're going to have to argue. A lot of people don't know that Stonewall Jackson loved to play the bass. Oh, yeah. He slapped at the base a couple times for sure. I mean, terrible, terrible racist, but great bass player. And honestly, it's it's really time management. Like, where did he get the time? So racist and 
good at at the base. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that racism takes a lot of time. It definitely takes energy. I'll tell you that much from experience. <laughs> how can you how can you be like so passionate about hating other people? And I just imagine like going home exhausted. I mean, I I can imagine. And then to have the strength to yell at your wife. I guess I could imagine if you lived in China and and let's say you hated white people. You'd only see a white person like every once in a while, depending what area of China you live in. But if you live in the U.S. and you hate another culture, like every other culture other than white, then it's like constantly coming at you like, I'm so mad at that person, that person. I hate them, too. Like, it's got to just wear away at you. (laughs) It's got to drive a racist mad. Yeah, (laughs) yes. It's good that Kyle, you know what? It's good that you're putting yourself in racist shoes, you know? Well, uh And are you surprised that it fits the shoes? They don't fit. They don't fit, Jason. They fit quite well, don't they? No, they don't. <laughs> they're comfortable, they're cushioned. You can run, you can walk in them. It's an all-terrain kind of shoe. I said it sounds terrible. It sounds exhausting. So you need good shoes. <laughs> Tread lightly with those shoes on. <laughs> I wonder what racist's favorite footwear is. I believe it's New Balance. I think it is New Balance. I I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like... Do you know why that happened? I don't even remember the reason New Balance got associated with... Uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's probably because, like, the the head of... The head head of the company was just, like, not 100% on on board with with probably like taking down a statue and then immediately everyone's like oh he's racist they're racist and then of course racist people are like yeah and get behind it and they're like yeah let's buy some more of their shit and then it just becomes a right. you know uh, a, a, a snowball effect of just uh of just bullshit i mean honestly i remember when the far left was like take down that sneaker statue yeah <laughs> take down that giant new balance sneaker <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, on on topic with the um, with the Confederate soldiers here behind me, you know, it's it's iffy how everyone right now, especially are trying to trying to just be like, you know, like not not them saying like erase history, but like immediately they're just trying to like cross it out, like take down that statue, take this down, take that. It's like you're not that doesn't help. And, And I say this because I feel like it's again, it's usually white liberals who are super upset like they're over they're overcompensating at this point and by doing Mm. things like taking down a statue or crossing this whatever it may be it's like that doesn't change that doesn't help the trauma that non-whites have have been going through have and are still going through so when i see those things when it's like get it out, cross it out, you know, block it out, paint over it, take it down. It's like, that's not helping any of the trauma that there's well, no, you can't just erase the trauma. It's how let's, we have to work on the systematic. Things. Of course. But Jason, are you sure it's just white liberals that want the statues taken down? I'm not saying just, I'm saying they're always the loudest people and they're the ones that usually get listened to first. Oh, all right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm kind of sick. I'm sick. I'm sick of these allies. All right. You're basically saying, like, we need your help. We need your help. <laughs> <At least. Shut laughs> we don't need your help. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll stop trying to help. Please and thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure you speak for everyone. That's why I love I love seeing I love seeing white homeless people do that. Like that makes me feel good. Mm. I gotta be honest with you guys. Be honest, Jason. Go on. Go on. Tell me about the homeless. Aside from that, um, you know, in California, it might be different. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, um, la- Latino homeless. Sure. But as far as like over here and what I've like lived around, it's like I never see a homeless Latino because he's out there mm. working. Because he's out there in front of a Home Depot if need be. He's not going to be out in the middle of a median begging for change. That's pathetic. And that is Jason Nunez's take 
on the homeless, you can send us emails to wikiupod at gmail.com. That's wikiupod at gmail.com. And uh, if you have an opinion about Jason's take on the homeless, just uh, put it in the subject line and we'll make sure it gets to him. Hey, I'm talking crazies aside, okay? Crazies, <laughs> mental health aside. Oh yeah, please dive into mental health, Jason. There's a lot of whites, like white youth. I, in DC, I've fucking seen them, dude. White youth, like the guy can't be under 30. Yeah. And they got a fucking dog. You know, that's like, that's like a psychological thing. They only have that dog because they know that people will obviously have a heart open to a dog sure. more than a human, sadly. But Yeah, dude. Uh, so anyways, yeah, if you guys have any complaints, uh, DM me at Laftina's, uh, you know, honestly. Yeah. If you think I'm wrong, if you want to debate me. Give Jason the Johnson know? treatment in his DMs. Yeah, yeah. Please give me the Johnson treatment in my DMs, and I promise you I'm going to lay the pipe. <laughs> 300 feet of it. I'll lay, I'll lay the pipe right back. That's the episode. Woo. You can DM Jason at Laftinas. You can DM me at Kyle Berseth on Instagram and follow us on Instagram at Wiki University. We're putting up videos and other bonus content there. Jason, you want to talk about your other podcast? Uh, sure, guys. Uh, follow me at Laftinas. Follow my other podcast. Uh, Lewis Ham is dope as fucking you are not. Check it out on Spotify or iTunes. And guess what, guys? You might want to check out my YouTube. I got some more live video podcast coming up of good stuff that's right it's rebooted and if you don't know what it is it's a video podcast of just me saying some absurd shit even more absurd if you can believe it than what you just heard now so if you want video podcasts that real short and sweet 10 10 to 12 minute video podcast there's five out right now and i'm coming out with some more um and aside from that uh you know kurt if you fucking silence me on any of the shit that i've said i'll fucking come over and kill you <laughs> jesus christ sorry people can follow me on instagram at kyle Berseth and listen to my other podcast the rumors book club that i do with white bones hey guys and rate and review rate and review our podcast and give me a screen send me honestly send me a screenshot or jason will come and fucking kill you of you rating and reading our ass and i'll say i'll send you some what do you want i'll send you something yeah i have so many tanks i have like <laughs> so tank tops just to be clear yeah, jason yeah, yeah. is not going to be sending you <laughs> army tank yeah yeah <laughs> if anybody wants an extra pair of tank um i can i can provide or, or or anything you know i can make a video of me doing or saying anything you want me to i'm gonna regret that but you know <laughs> <laughs> But hey, guess what? <laughs> Try me. Jason will do and say anything for a review. All right, Jason, that's the episode. Ahoy, ahoy. Bye. Thanks again, Kyle. Ooh, that's milky. And beans.